welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 13, Guess Who's Coming to Breakfast, in which Frasier has an awkward encounter with one of Martin's girlfriends when she spends the night. Uh, Key, I could have started this week by asking you a very awkward question about have you ever had an awkward sexual encounter like this? Have you ever discussed a family member's sexual history live on radio? But instead, I want to focus on the spice rack that Noel makes for Ross. And I want to ask you, do you have a favourite spice slash ingredient for cooking with? Oh, God. I'm, okay, I think everyone's worked out on this show that I have no... I'm very uncultured. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, like, I mean, d- does, does salt count as a spice? Uh, I really, really don't think it does. Pepper, you know, the, the, usual, the usual partner of salt, I think, does count. So you could say pepper. You're a fan of that? Um... Not really. Um, Not really. I'm going to be honest with you, right? I turned around to Shane yesterday and I went, oh, I don't, you know, do you know um, Ginster's sausage rolls? Like the little. Um, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm cold. I, I turned around to, to Shan the other day and I said, you know, I'm not a big fan of Ginster's sausage rolls because I, I find them too spicy. Oh, my good lord. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I should have expected this kind of response after you told me you had cans with sausages and beans in them, um, which I, I can't remember if we did mention this in a previous episode, but I have come to learn from our American listeners that those are known as beanie weenies um, in America. Have you tried um, a beanie weenie? Okay. Yep. So I haven't actually. I did tell you, what was that week week two that I was going to do that? Or it might have even been week one. I can't remember. I did tell you I was going to eat one. I haven't. The, the fact this pandemic has kind of descended on us out of nowhere means my beanie weenie trips have been cut short and i can't really buy what i would like to buy from the supermarkets anymore um so i'll have to kind of i'll have to pigeonhole it i'll have to put it on the proverbial spice rack for another day um (laughs) but before we get into this episode do you want to dive into trivia corner yeah let's tuck ourselves in okay this week we've got an old friend back and he's he's he wants blood this week. Coffee oh. has provided questions for us. Okay. Are you ready to to run the gauntlet? Let's rock and roll. So question one. To Martin's chagrin, what PBS program does Niall suggest he and his date might be interested in? Oh, I think I know this because I actually thought it sounded like a really good program. Um <laughs> I think, was it squ- swing bands of the twenties and thirties? You are so close, Key. Oh. It's swing bands of the 30s and 40s. Oh, I got ahead of myself. Oh, I am, I'm going to give you the point there. <laughs> that I would be outrageous if I didn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I this is the kind of thing I'd listen to. I recently watched Ken Burns' uh, Vietnam documentary, and he's like a guy who's made basically a documentary on every American topic there is. Jazz, baseball, the Civil War, um, national parks. They're always like 10 episodes long, and each episode those like t- two hours they're massive but they're so well researched and he's got one on like jazz as i just said and this sounds like something he would make i would genuinely watch this i would genuinely watch it i really like that whole i like the sort of the era of i mean i was saying the other day i'd really like it if in if in birmingham we had a sort of a place to go and sort of dance properly because we don't really have the dancing places anymore in, yeah in, kind of like dance dance hall or like big yeah band like, yeah, like a dance stuff. Um, yeah that like sort Glenn of thing Miller. yeah you know yeah, i'd be i'd be well up for that that, but yeah, I mean, I don't the, know how to the dance. The audience isn't quite there for it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to dance, which would be an issue, but I imagine it'd be Yeah, fine. likewise. But I think if I'm there with people who also love big bands, then we're all going to look as dorky as each other. So it should be <laughs> okay. Um, question two, we're back to the spice rack again. Great minds think alike. The spice rack that Roz receives from Noel has a spot for which spice that most people overlook? Oh, yeah. Frazier says it, doesn't he? Um, he does. Oh, I vaguely, vaguely remember it. Is it cumin? Something like that? It is cumin, yeah. yes. Uh, you, you not knowing how to pronounce it strikes me as perhaps <laughs> you don't have cumin in your cupboard. Am I right in thinking that? What is it? I have no idea at all. Okay, cumin. I'm a big fan of cumin, actually. It's probably one of my favourite spices, which is why I get a little bit affronted when Fraser says it's overlooked. A cumin is like the key ingredient in a good chilli. If you're making a nice chilli, you need a good teaspoon of cumin. Um, and it just Understood. gives it this lovely kind of... Can't really... It's a bit of a smoky... It's not quite like paprika or paprika, as our as our Atlantic cousins will say. But it's, you know, it's it's got a, got a nice kind of earthy spiciness to it. But it's not like... It's not as hot as a Ginster sausage roll, of course. <laughs> um, you, know, you don't have to tread, tread lightly there. And final question. So you're doing pretty well so far. You got two out of two. Some botched pronunciation aside. How is how old is Martin revealed to be in this episode? Oh, okay. One? I think 
I think I do know this one. He says, Frazier says it on air, doesn't he? I think he says, is it my 63-year-old father? Yes, he does. Well played, yeah. It's three out of three. Does this surprise you that Martin's 63? Because I th- I'm not sure. I've worked out before how old John Mahoney's meant to be when they filmed season one, but he, he doesn't look 63. Other than the grey, you know, the grey lid. He's, he's pretty pretty young looking yeah i picture martin probably as like early 50s yeah i do as well he's, and he's i think it's maybe the the fact that he's characterized as being you know infirm in some capacity that he, it makes him seem older and he dresses with like the flannel tucked into the to the you know the, the khakis um but yeah i mean i i think when he speaks like around the dinner table and stuff that kind of whiskey voice he doesn't seem that old at all but he does kind of age the most of the main cast uh, which is probably obvious to point out but considering he already is the oldest i think his 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 kind of growth is the most noticeable as the series goes on yeah i mean i think as well the fact that he's not working because he got shot mm. it doesn't make you think it, for me that stops me thinking that oh he might be by retirement age or anything like that i always think that he was quite a way away from retirement yeah. hence a bit younger like 50s um, yeah i think so i think so in that episode where like yeah, Frasier comes back and it's like the flashback to, to him visiting Martin in his apartment. You know, they've tried to make him look younger there. And I do think there is like, you do you do see them side by side, Kelsey and John, and you just think, uh, you know, are they? Is there that much difference between them? I, I should say, actually, at this point, I completely skipped my mind, but it's certainly worth mentioning now. This is completely unrelated to anything we're talking about. Just mentioning John and Kelsey side by side has jogged my memory. Did you see the mini Frasier reunion that took place via zoom over the over the course of the weekend uh, no i didn't but i saw some articles people have written about it after the fact i mean you can find it it's on youtube and whatever that's where i watched it so you didn't have to catch the live stream but it was phenomenal they had the main cast on there so david i think had hide pierce had been kind of instrumental in getting everyone on board but they got everyone they got dan butler um, they got Harriet Harris, who played BB. I can't remember the name of the guy who plays Kenny, but he was there. Obviously, Roz, Perry Gilpin, Jane Leaves, Kelsey. And it was just amazing. Like, they were talking about their favorite moments. They could still remember all these quotes that they loved. And it was just, you could see there was still so much love for, for all of them um, between them as well. Like a real family. And it was just, yeah, if anyone listening hasn't seen that, um, which I doubt because the, the, the handful of people that listen to this, so, you know, are the diehard Frasier fans. But it was, yeah, really moving i think and a lot of the comments were like wow i didn't expect to be crying this early in that, on the saturday or a sunday because it was just really yeah really emotional okay keys you got three out of three on coffee's questions are you ready for our back back and forth yes let's go for it let's do it okay i will i'll open the open the shooting i will draw my revolver first what car does noel drive oh okay uh i remember Fra- Fraser saying this mm-hmm I'm just trying to. Th- okay, so it's a, it's like, it's a, it's like a Dodge Polaro, Dodge Polaro, something like that. Yes, it is. Can you remember, the year? remember the year? Yeah, it's either '73 or '75, and I'm, I'm gonna say, oh, I'm gonna say '73. Oh, he's got it. If I, it- if I was a more cynical man, I didn't know that you were very, a very good sport. I'd be worried that you were searching for these answers on the no. KSL transcript site because that is phenomenal. No, genuinely, that was gonna be one. Of, um, when I was uh, watching the episode, I thought, oh, I'll do that as one of my questions and put a big star. I was like, that's what I'm gonna do as a question. And then I completely forgot about it when it came to write my question. <laughs> I haven't actually um, googled what a '73 Dodge Pelican. Polaris looks like, but presumably it's not a fashionable looking car because of the way it's kind of intoned between Ross and Frazier. Uh, but I mean, I think the fact that Noel drives his uh, any car that is his own and not presumably his mother's that he shares or something something equally sad. I think it, I think it's a it's a good thing. It's a good thing for Noel to be it, independent. I think it sounds like a good car. I mean, if I, if someone said to me, I, I, I drive a seventy three Dodge Polaro, I'll be like, wow. Yeah, I have no maybe idea it's because it's got that cool. like American flashiness to us. Like we don't know what I really don't know what's good or bad in in American kind of car manufacturing. Other than like the kind of archetypal mid twentieth century Cadillac is like the the gold standard of someone who has a lot of money. Okay, so uh, my first question, Ethan, who calls at the start of the show, what is his IQ? I actually remember this. I made a note of this because Ethan was a pompous though fantastic caller. I believe his IQ is 160. Correct, Amundo. Yeah, 160. 160 is really high. I mean, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not particularly conversant with IQ scores and what's good and what's bad. I mean, I have a vague idea, but also IQs generally, especially these days, are 
very dubious measures of intelligence, I think. But 160, yeah. I mean, that's I think that's like Mensa level or certainly close. Yeah, I, th- I think IQs are something that were... Pa- I think they were big in the 90s because I remember when I was like a little kid, yeah. people talked about IQs a lot more than they do now. Yeah, and for some reason, I always associate it with like just a time when I watched a lot of The Simpsons. I think it was mentioned on The Simpsons yeah. quite a lot, Bart and Homer. And yeah, I mean, obviously we have an, an IQ episode of Frasier. So yeah, just I think, I, I think maybe it had a bit of a heyday in the 90s. I think you're right. Okay, my next question where is the new rib joint that niles is trying to persuade martin to uh, join him as a di- as a diversion where is it located the rib joint oh, okay i think i know this because i really i really like this little i just i love the way he turned around and he says uh, i understand that if the onion rings aren't as big as your head you get them for free <laughs> <laughs> um, is it Bellevue Way, something like that? It is Bellevue Way. That I really yeah. thought I was going to get you with that one. See, you, just, you made me look every, at every single little thing. Now I'm, I'm trying to recite to memory because I'm, I'm just, I know that you're going to bring them up. We're going to have an encyclopedic like knowledge of Fraser by the time we're, we're done through this series, though, because every quote I'm thinking, is there a stat there that that Key could dive on? Okay, hit me with your next question. My second question. uh, What is the name of the first caller at the start of the episode? I nearly, nearly made a note about this. I, I've got the the bullet point about what it was about because I want to talk to you about yeah. hand washing considering <laughs> it's extremely prescient at the moment. Yeah, I was um, going to say. Uh, I, I, it's so close. I, can you just tell me what it begins with and I can have a guess? Uh, it begins with a J. It begins with J. Okay, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> um, just going to guess... Gene. I'm going to give that to you because uh, I had, um, I think it's actually Janine. But I'm going to give it to you because when I was listening to it, I thought it was Gene. And I went through and I checked the script just before we came on because I like to double check my own answers in case I, in case I get it wrong and look an idiot. Um, <laughs> and it was actually Janine. But um, I'm going to give that to you because I think I, I heard Gene when I. That is very kind, Kate. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're a good man. Thank okay, you, my last you. question. What number is Elaine's apartment? Oh, okay. I think I do know this because you hear it. <sighs> Honestly, because. I thought of doing it as one of my questions, and then Daphne says it again at the end, and I thought, no, it's been done twice now. We'll, we'll look at that. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it 1412? It is 1412, very close to 1408, which is a horror short story by Stephen King. A uh, bit of trivia there that is absolutely no use to anyone. Uh, my final question, uh, where does Marjorie live her apartment? Oh... Bugger. Is she one of the kind of busybodies that's outside his house, outside the apartment? Yes. Yes, she is. Yeah. Oh man, I'm. This is this is where I should have been paying attention. I'm just going to guess. Do you want a clue? The fifth floor. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the fifth floor. Okay, uh, I think it's uh, the eleventh. Oh man, okay. I wonder how many floors there are. That's probably said at some point. I don't know. I've I've not heard it yet. It'd be really interesting to know because we know that I think she said down on eleven. So oh, Frasier okay. So Fra- yeah. Fra- oh well, yeah. Isn't Frasier just below the penthouse? So I think so. Um, yeah. Because of like the whole Cam Winston, um, Freddie Chainsaw debacle. So <laughs> yeah, okay, good stuff. It's good trivia corner this week here. You uh, bossed coffee's questions. You bossed mine. I, as always, have let the side down by <laughs> dropping a few points here and there. But you know, you, you are you are showing yourself to, well, continuing to show yourself to be a formidable opponent in the world of Fraser trivia. But that brings us into the review of Guess Who's Coming to Breakfast, the episode this week. So we just did mention this with Janine, the opening call in KSCA. We should mention we're back in KACL as well, which is pretty nice because we haven't been. We feel like we haven't had as much KACL in the last few episodes. The the, the call is about washing hands twenty to thirty times a day because Janine's husband is a coroner. Fant- fantastic delivery. The way he says coroner gets me every time. Your husband is a coroner. But yeah, just obviously Janine presumably has some kind of OCD. Are you washing your hands like freakishly? You know, numbers of times at the moment, given what's happened. Given what's happened. Um- I, honestly, I I don't really think I've really changed my habits. I think I was I'm not sure who wasn't washing their hands before they started. Oh, That's be what surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm probably I'd say I'm washing my hands for longer when I am washing my hands, just because I but feel no, pressured no to do major, things. Yeah, um, but no major changes to your to your habits, you'd say. No, I don't. I don't think so. But what I will say is this line clearly very very memorable because I can't remember the last time I saw this episode, but I made a joke about this line about two weeks 
weeks ago to someone. So Oh, no way. I thought you were about to say you did it on the podcast, and I suddenly felt terrible for not remembering. But No, no. I, I was speaking to someone about washing their hands, and went, I made a joke about being a coroner, and they, they looked at me, and, and people don't get my <laughs> They humor. looked at you like, what are they on about? Um, but yeah, yeah. My, my hands are pretty dry. I've been washing them a lot. Um, I mean, I, I'm not leaving the house. My, my parents are, are shopping and stuff. So I, I go out for runs or whatever, but I'm not actually kind of doing anything where I'm touching stuff. But I mean, I'm washing them pretty regularly. But I mean, Louis Theroux, great UK documentary filmmaker for uh, those listening, you might not be familiar. He tweeted about his hands just being so dry, they felt like they belonged to someone else. And I just thought that was so apt for how we're all going to dealing with this at the moment. And the big thing that's come out of this is just the revelation for women I think that the fact that just men do not wash their hands when they use public restrooms it's certainly not in the UK in the US I hope it's different but in the UK 90% your average guy will just use the toilet and leave without washing their hands I'm not one of those people and I presume you are not either Key. but I mean did this kind of shock you to, to, to well it didn't shock you because presumably you've seen it all the years you've used public restrooms I mean that'd be I mean is it 90% an actual statistic is that it's not just... I pulled that out of my arm <laughs> but it I mean, from from what I've seen, every time I've ever been in a public restroom, I think that statistic's probably generous. <laughs> um, I don't know which restroom you're hanging out in, mate. But I'm, I'm, I'm about sixty to seventy percent. Sixty to seventy, okay. That's that's um, that's more encouraging then. But I think it's still pretty shocking. I, don't, I think to be honest, I try if I'm in a, a place that is not particularly great, I will avoid going to the toilet there. So. Mm. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd probably avoid seeing the worst of it. Yeah, I'm with you, but I mean, I I am quite comfortable admitting this on 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 air. But I have an extremely tiny bladder, and I, <laughs> I basically need to urinate all the time. Uh, if we're if we're going out, like you know, into town drinking, once I've had a, a couple of pints, if you know, even even just one, sometimes that is it. Like I know breaking the seal is a thing for most people, but it is like insane for me. I had to go and have like a scan on my bladder my, on my last birthday, which is on Halloween. So lying on a hospital bed on Halloween, having my full bladder pressed by an ultrasound scan was particularly memorable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I am I'm 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 like you though. If I think a toilet looks a bit dodgy, I'm, I'm not going to go in there. I mean, never been to a football match and gone to the toilet at half time. I can guarantee it's probably more than ninety percent don't wash their hands. Oh, it does it's not terrifying experience, isn't it? Yeah, and football oh. grounds are probably the least hygienic bathrooms there are because you're just basically oh. urinating into a giant trough. Um, yeah, they're absolutely, I mean, they're absolutely grim. People are so crammed close together. It gives the song "Cheek to Cheek" a whole new meaning. It's <laughs> terrifying. It truly does. You're a, you're a, you're a wit there, Kate. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we have Ethan's extremely ungrateful response, though hilarious, to, to Fraser's advice here. I think Ethan is right to be annoyed with Fraser's advice. It's extremely vague and ambiguous, and kind of the platitudes that he he often comes out with, like he does later in an episode which I was, I'm going to mention in a bit. But yeah, but then then what he does, it's hilarious, but also in the canon of like Fraser's job, he would never ever willingly incite bullies to go to a child's house. So I mean, um, how does this kind of work for you, this joke? I mean, it's hilarious, but yeah, I just wonder what your responses were. Yeah, I thought it really, I mean, I really, really like the change in attitude between the two of them <laughs> and the relationship they have. I think Fraser at the start maybe sees Ethan like a young Kim mm. and then, he, he becomes on the side of the bullies, which I really like. Yeah, which we um, see a couple of times in different episodes as well. Did you get who um, who Eth- who plays Ethan? Oh, any ideas? I I haven't looked. All of the young cast members. I mean, I know the Culkins have done stuff, so I'm, I'm maybe Macaulay Culkin. Not Macaulay Culkin. It's not Macaulay Culkin. Mm. Yeah, but another big. He I mean, was a big star. He was a big star. Yeah, uh, big star. very big. And I guarantee, I know for a fact. You have seen films with him in it. Oh, that's killing me. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you're going to have to tell me. Put me on my misery. Uh, I believe it is Elijah Wood. Oh, my goodness. No way. Yeah. I've literally, like, in the last few weeks, rewatched all of Lord of the Rings. So he's fresh in my brain, though. I'm used to his kind of weird Englishy accent that he puts on. But he's not putting it on, but yeah, his his Frodo Baggins accent. So Elijah Wood, good. Did you know that? Or did you have to look that up? For some reason, I, I had an idea when I was starting to watch the episode that he was gonna he was in that one. Oh, um, so man, I think I must have seen right? it in the last few days somewhere. But yeah, I'm sure mm. I'm, I think I've seen. I'm not. Maybe maybe I was. I think. Oh, I yeah. Okay, end the last episode when we were recording this. 
I think we said what, what episode is next, and I, I think I saw it then, which makes sense. Ah, that makes so, sense. So yeah, I, I ruined it for myself. <laughs> we have at this point the introduction of Noel. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's the first time Noel Shemsky's introduced. Just brilliant. His thumbs up. Just the fact that he drives a '73 Dodge Polaris. I just the fact that Roz is going on a date with him, knowing what what Noel becomes as the character like, develops. It's really, I always forget that he's introduced as someone Roz is like showing a genuine romantic interest in. Roz describes him as smart at one point. And although he's like into Star Trek and he's a nerd, it, the, the, the kind of implication is that those, you know, that, that subculture are intelligent, but introverted, etc. I don't think he does come across in later episodes as smart, like he's set up to be here. But yeah, just what were your kind of responses to seeing Noel for the first time? I love Noel. I absolutely love Noel. I've... He's I think Frasier gives Noel a bit of a hard time here. Right? I really like the guy. I mean, he's a nice yeah. guy. I think maybe Frasier's just got like the wind in his sails to bully after Ethan's kind of put down, <laughs> and now he just sees Noel. He sees Noel, and he's thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to rag on him a little bit." You know, he says, "Always, oh, he's still got the picture of Kirk in his cubicle," and just yeah. I mean, he seems Noel just seems perfectly lovely at this point, and I mean, the dude can can make spice racks, so <laughs> that's more than Frasier can do. So I, know, I feel a bit bad for Noel, but he he was on the. Um, the reunion that I mentioned earlier. Can't remember his name again. I should really write these down. It's extremely unprofessional. Well, I think, uh, and just because it's in front of me, I think it's Patrick Kerr who played Noel. Patrick Kerr, that, yeah, that's definitely right. Uh, he he talks about the fact that he doesn't actually like Star Trek at all. Um, well, not, not at all, but he doesn't. he's not an avid fan of Star Trek in the way that Noel is. Though he has actually been in a few episodes of, I think, I don't know if he said it was Voyager, one of the series. He was actually in a couple of episodes, like a cameo thing. So kind of a nice little bit of continuity there him and Noel. Yeah, I like to think that it was really Noel Shemsky who was going on there and it was his, he won a contest <laughs> or something. If it wasn't Patrick Kerr at all, he was still yeah. in character as he Noel. He won a contest. <laughs> that, that would be, that would actually be really good in kind of connecting the, the universes of Star Trek and Frasier. Um, so we have now back at Frasier's apartment, Niles once again trying to hone in on Daphne. Excellent physical comedy from David Hyde Pierce in the kitchen. I always forget this bit, but like him trying to trying to kind of coolly position himself on the work surface and smashing his head off the hood, falling down. Just yeah, this whole this whole set piece, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a really great physical comedy scene. I love that Niles he takes that time with trying to get up on the counter. He doesn't rush that little bit with <laughs> Yeah, it's like, know, the, like the third try before he smashes his head. Yeah, and that's what makes it funnier is that you do have that build-up of him try, fail, try, fail, try, bang, <laughs> uh, which, which works, I think, so, so well. And I did, I love his attitude towards Frasier. I think he says at one stage, uh, Frasier, I have a very sore head and a crackerjack lawyer, so don't crowd me. <laughs> Something that is like that. literally the quote on my next bullet point on my notes. The don't crowd me, the way he says that. It's just, I think their interaction's great because Frazier is just completely unsympathetic. He walks in, it's like, Niles, what on earth are you doing? And he just hauls him to his feet while Daphne is kind of like nursing it very tenderly on the floor. You know, he kind of sees through it immediately. But yeah, just that that don't crowd me line is, is brilliant. And then we have kind of after that, like the revelation about Niles' abysmal sex life. Like, you know, he <laughs> says to Frazier, you're going to hope to get lucky on on saturday night or friday night and then you know he's like niles people don't call it getting lucky anymore and he's like i do and i just think this bit's just really sad isn't it (laughs) i think niles comes across the way he talks i feel like he talks like someone like a like a 15 year old virgin who (laughs) who has no idea what it's really all about you know the way you i mean it's not even the first time i think i think when is it i think the episode where phrase is getting with Catherine as well and he's you know oh have you done it yet and all this like, yes, yes. He's, like he's trying, trying to using the vicariously through Frasier because he just he doesn't have that part of his life. Yeah, I mean, I, across the show, this is a, this is a question that's really aimed at the Frasier scholars out there. I say tongue in cheek. Who do you think is the hornier person, Frasier <laughs> or Niles? Um, this is hard. To, that's no pun intended. This is hard <laughs> to answer. I'd say who would you uh, say? I'd say Frasier. I think I I think I'd go with Frasier. He has a lot of not one night stands, but a lot of trysts that we never see again, which I think is a much more politically correct way of saying a one night stand. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. I think Frasier is he's just kind I'd of th- relentless, isn't he? I'd say Frasier is the more sexual out of the two of them, with Niles being a bit more of that infatuated sort of hmm. picturing himself getting married with different girls or something, whereas Frasier just he gets lucky. 
Let's say he does. But then obviously we have the episode in Niles where he, he kind of is with a girl from Nervosa and he starts wearing a leather jacket and you know that is a kind of inherently horny episode. Um <laughs> and just yeah, so they're, they're kind of both of them are pretty uh pretty pent up, I think. This kind of leads in quite nicely into the, the conversation they have with Martin about, you know, the revelation that he's got a date on Thursday night. And I just think yeah, I just think the, the, the fact that like only a few weeks ago or kind of months ago in terms of when these would have aired, that Martin was very kind of reticent to, to go on a date with um I can't remember the name, is it Irene, the, yeah, Irene, the, the yeah. girl, the woman they see who the telescope scope and yeah he's kind of very guarded about kind of going back onto the the dating scene but the way he says this oh yeah you know one hand scratches the other hand here washes the other he's just like it's like nothing to him it's like he's been on loads of dates so i don't know how do you kind of respond to this like martin kind of back on the back on the scene back on the beat to quote Frasier. Yeah, I mean, which is a really nice line for Frasier. I really, really do like it. Yeah, I think it, it is such a contrast to when he went on the date with Irene and I think, you know, Frasier, I think, was standing there at the time saying stuff like, you know, the, the moves have changed but your ultimate goal is still the same and things like that. And he was yeah, still getting like tips. That. Whereas now, mm. he, he's he's back to being the master. Yeah, like he's he's sarcastic to Frasier about, oh, we'll just split a bowl of cream corn, rub some liniment oil under each other's joints and fall asleep drooling on the couch is a fantastic quote um i mean i i don't even know what cream corn is i presume it's kind of just corn on the cob in or i don't actually know what cream corn is and liniment oil i'm pretty i'm guessing what liniment oil is as well but obviously the stereotype of something old people enjoy but just yeah like he's he bats this back at frazier in kind of a sarcastic way as if to say listen son you know i've been around the block a few times this isn't my first rodeo and you know that he's he dates quite a lot so i think it's quite it's quite good for martin's character to see him just you know as frazier described him later as a virile you know kind of young man at heart at least yeah would you have liked to have seen another episode in between this and the irene one where we see martin going on dates and, and building up that confidence a little bit more rather yeah, than bridging them a bit better you think yeah yeah i think so it would have been nice to kind of bridge the two because i do think this i don't know if it's just because the episodes are fresh in our head because we've been talking about them now but yeah i do feel like some kind of bridging is needed here to to, to, to sort the the disconnect between martin the the guy who hasn't been on a date in like 30 years to now Martin, who's like, ah, oh, you know, Thursday night, I'm going to get lucky. Get out of the apartment. <laughs> Frasier, obviously, the, the the core of this episode's plot is that the next morning, Frasier awkwardly bumps into Elaine, who has stayed the night. But fair play, first off, for Martin. I mean, on a first date, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> I, I was just about to say this myself. You know, I, think I was going to say, when I um, I was making my notes, listen, listening, watching the episode, and mm. I automatically wrote down Saturday night, and then Martin said Thursday, I had to cross it out again. Who's, who's going out and staying the night on a Thursday night? What's I know, going on there? Because they're retired, that you know, they don't have any kind of work commitments. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's talked about in kind of American culture anyway. But in the Frasier episode, that the third date is usually when you know physical commitment is is kind of agreed upon. Um, I don't know why we're so politically correct in the language we use on this chat. The third date is whether they sleep with each other or not. Um, but yeah, like Martin, it's a first date. You know, both of them are in their twilight years almost. I just think, I just think, fair play to the guy. And like, he's so chuffed with himself at the dinner table. He's just like, yeah, I like Elaine. Yeah, I enjoy myself. You know, he's he's clearly just got that look in his eye of a man who's just got laid. We have as well at this point just Frazier saying like splendid, splendid, when he's like awkwardly making conversation with Elaine in the kitchen and Daphne's making some delicious full English. He's got the bangers as, you know, sausages. Um, I love the fact that they have her making this breakfast and use, re- referencing bangers for what is purely to set up one of the best lines and jokes of the season, which comes later when he just says, Oh, banger, Dad. And <laughs> <laughs> just Elaine spits out her coffee. Martin's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Just, yeah, it's a phenomenal gag. I mean, I love the writing in this this scene they got the innuendo working so well (laughs) kelsey's reaction to everything it's just it's brilliant everything he says he's tripping up on and he's second guessing and he's making something of it when it doesn't need to be and it's just it's brilliant i mean the way he talks about the comforter on the bed um, yeah that's great obviously the banger the buns um yeah it's, it's so well done and you're you're squirming in your seat watching it. That it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I um I love the uh, the toad in the hole line as well. <laughs> yeah, like you just you just immediately start thinking, what could he have done with that line? 
if they've been eating that to, to make it sound just disgustingly like crude and vulgar. Um, but yeah, like just so many good like sweet buns, sticky buns, or warm buns, whatever he says to Elaine. I mean, I, I've never had a sticky bun before, but they, they look pretty delicious as well. Um, presumably smell like cinnamon and stuff. They look really nice. But yeah, just so we, we have the kind of that that funny innuendo kind of tennis match at the at the dinner table. But then when they're back at KACL after this, you just immediately open with the call, kids, you can't live with them. You can't shove them back into the womb. <laughs> just this line always it's so vivid i mean how did you respond to this it's a phenomenal like i mean it's that's one way to get yourself remembered isn't it go on the radio and say that and just it, talk about the womb it's it's so it is as you say it's so vivid and it's it's beautiful like and i love the way fraser reacts he calls it out as you know, oh, well, as we try to forget that image. That image, yeah. <laughs> just uh, clearly someone who regrets having children. But like uh, after after this call ends and Fraser's in KSCL and he, he starts talking about obviously Martin Martin's encounter with Elaine and his encounter with both of them. The he refers to Elaine as a delightful creature, which one always rubs me the wrong way because it's just a seriously bizarre way of talking about anyone, especially like describing a woman who your father is romantically interested in. But also Fraser being a man of like the ethics and morality he he is. And, pres- and someone who works with anonymity, like, you know, as, as part of his profession, would he actually name, should he name this person on air? Like, is, is this canon? Do we think he would actually do this? Like, I just I just don't understand why he would ever name Elaine or, or go into the details that he does. I just, this all strikes me as really weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on this. I think on the delightful creature point, if you say something like creature to me, I think something like Gollum. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not picturing a and 63 year old more pleasing than Gollum. Yeah, so it's a strange. I mean, I get that he's thinking of it. You know, he's not thinking of it necessarily as a, as a therapist or anything like that. He, he's thinking about of it in the sense of his own family and telling him an anecdote. But there is absolutely no need to say her name. And you would think that with the role that he has, that confidentiality would be such a big thing. You would think. I'm I'm surprised he yeah that he sort of falls for it in a way, especially that he does go on about his ethics and, and how much he appreciates his ethics and, and things like that. I, it is yeah. it is a strange one. No, I completely agree. Um, it is strange. I think the whole debacle about you know the whole point of this episode, the dramatic tension, is that it starts because he's he said too much on air, um, which he, he he does multiple times as the series goes on. I just yeah, I I think it, it is strange. I, it does it does rub me up the wrong way a little bit. Um, obviously it's needed for the for the point of the uh point of the plot of the episode but in this in this kind of KSCL scene we have the return of noel with his kind of elongated high ros high ros high noel his spice rack what probably my favorite line from the episode i specially treated the back for easy wall adhesion But yeah, nice to see Noel back. Um, I mean, would you willingly take a, a kitchen kind of piece of utensil or stationery like a spice rack from as a gift from someone? Would you be grateful for that? Yeah, honestly, I think I'd quite like a spice rack. I think I would get into spices. If You've I only got spice. salt to put in it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I get some <laughs> spices to put to put in the rack. But yeah, I mean, I, I we have crap loads of spices in my house because my dad makes a curry every week, and they're damn good as well. So he's got all the all the good curry. Uh, all the good curry spices but yeah great line easy wall adhesion always gets me Frasier comes home after the KSCL episode much you know to pretty much expected outrage from Martin he's like what the hell is wrong with you why would you do this I just think yeah I mean how do you kind of how do you kind of deal with this bit this you know how does this scene kind of respond to you because I just think my, Martin I put outrage from Michael in my notes outrage from Martin I just think yeah if I was Martin I'd be so annoyed at what Frasier had done if I was Martin I'd be absolutely livid yeah, it's, it's such a breach I, of privacy. Yeah, and but I do love the line from Martin that sex is something between you and the person you're doing it to. <laughs> I'd forgot about that. Yeah. that, <laughs> that is, it's so cold and unfeeling. <laughs> That's really got me. Sex is something between you and the person you're doing it to. <laughs> That you're, <laughs> that you're doing it to it's so kind of like you're the only person involved there the other person is like <laughs> oh, that's absolutely ruined me okay you take move on you take the next point because i'm just gonna keep laughing <laughs> we've learned a lot about martin as a lover he's got warm toes but he'll do it to you. <laughs> 
god. This, this actually the last bullet point I have on my notes is Martin's warm toes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't stop. How how are your toes, temperature wise? <laughs> I've never met anyone with warm toes. <laughs> I just, I love, I love that's the idea of that as a selling point. You know, you're trying to get a date with a girl. Like, listen, you're not going to know it to the third date, but trust me, I've got warm toes. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly crying my eyes out at the moment, like tears streaming down my face. I, I have pretty cold toes actually, which is a sign of pretty bad circulation. But I'm glad to know Martin's circulation is fine. <laughs> Especially considering, you know, he barely uses one of his legs because it's like he has, a, you know, he has the crutch. So the circulation's not going to be good in that leg, which technically means his toe should be cold. But I'm not here. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not a foot doctor. I'm not a, what they called. What's it? It's a pet. pet what's it? What did you say? I was, no, I was going to say chiropodist. Chiropodist, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a chiropodist. Is so. it? I have no <laughs> idea. What is it? What is a foot doctor? Is it? <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's a chiropodist. Um, but yeah, I just I'm I, I couldn't pass comment on whether your toes should be warm or cold. But I would love to hear from people. Um, oh, a back in KCL for like the third time in this episode, we have the I hate my voice caller. Oh. Um, d- did you look up who this is? I don't really know anything about this guy. I hate my voice i mean i know no one likes the sound of their own voice i i did not look up who this is actually um i just apparent, I, um okay it's someone by the name of henry mancini oh i know the, the i know name. the name i'm Does gonna i'm gonna well. google henry mancini myself now um, um I tell oh, you what, though. it's the composer henry mancini i thought it was he's um really famous musician uh did like the pink panther and stuff Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like one of the most decorated film composers of all time. I, I had a feeling I knew the name. So yeah, like a, a huge name, and he died in 1994 as well. So if it is him, he died the year this or the uh, the year after this season aired. Interestingly, he also um, he did his his work includes uh, Moon River from Breakfast at Tiffany's. No way. I think I'm right in saying is the song from this episode. Yes, it is. That's yeah. really cool, actually. What a nice little bit of... There's so many kind of little Easter eggs here that you just think the writers knew they could get someone and then they thought, how can we make it worth their time or how can we link their their presence in and just that's something you wouldn't know unless you kind of did the research but, but yeah that's that's really yeah, cool. I, I mean I, I love i love his call you know i i hate hearing my voice back on recordings when i'm editing these podcasts it's excruciating having to listen to my own voice i mean how are you I, honestly i didn't realize how much i hated my own voice until we started doing this podcast <laughs> oh but... your voice sounds completely normal to be honest i've got quite a i don't know quite a nasally voice probably because of my roman nose <laughs> but yeah, just generally, I just don't like listening to myself. And it's like when I hear myself in like home recordings as well, like old family videos. Absolutely hate that. No, see, your voice, your voice, I think, sounds educated, whereas I sound like just some guy they've gotten off the street. That like, is so... Shook the microphone in his face. <laughs> that is just not the case. That is very kind, clearly, yeah. I mean, with the I hate my voice guy, I do think Fraser's pretty callous at this point. Like, he just says, you know, continue what you're doing and I'm sure it'll work out. Like, he prides himself on being able to listen to people. And this guy, admittedly, he's going on a bit. He's, he's a bit boring, but... I just think Fraser's complete disregard for his problem here. I mean, I know he's got a lot of fish to fry at the moment with with Elaine, but yeah, I mean, I just think that his treatment of, of, of Henry Mancini is just a little bit cold. Yeah, I think as well. I mean, we're talking about ethics and things. He has mm. completely ignored the guy. And he, has. he does not care in the slightest, and he's no. just he's very much just phoned it in at the end with he's just know, fobbing like, him off with some yeah. kind of blanket platitude. I just think, yeah, I mean, if I was calling into that show and you know, a bit like what's his name ethan earlier and i was expecting some kind of bite-sized but insightful piece of info and then fraser just l- gives me one of those i'll be like what the hell yeah you it's know? not what have in I sat in his... the call queue for in terms of advice it's not one of his better days is it he's made <laughs> he's <had a> great <laughs> it's certainly not actually if you'd phoned in on this day you're really in for a, a shock because you're not going to get any good advice <laughs> you are going to get moon river played to you which is my next point yeah. kind of turning on the cheese here which he does quite a lot he's a lovely song though i'm a huge fan of moon river i mean I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that doesn't think this song is like beautiful. Um, but yeah, like he's really turning on the cheese now. He's trying to get Elaine to come back to Martin and kind of, you know, he wants Martin to say he's sorry. You're, you're a fan of Moon River, presumably. We've talked about your 
love I, kind of Gene Kelly and Dean Martin and stuff. Yeah, I am a fan of Moonrise. It's it's a beautiful song. I agree with you. And and I was just I I, rem- I could remember that he was going to start playing it. I was just waiting for him to start the tape and when he starts <laughs> speaking. I I actually thought. Uh, he turned it on a little bit earlier than he did. Um, oh, really? Okay. Maybe yeah, like it would no, be good if he turned it on to like drown out the "I hate my voice" guy. Like just, <laughs> just, just keep turning the volume up until he was like forced to hang up. I mean, that would be even more callous, but <laughs> <you're> <laughs> probably imagine. hilarious. Um, so after this point, Fraser goes back to to his apartment, and Elaine, you know, um, yeah, Elaine is presumably coming to to kind of reconcile with Martin. But obviously, because he's chosen to do this on one of the most public stages he could possibly have done it on, a huge crowd has gathered in the apartment corridor um, with Marjorie, who we talked about earlier. Also, Tony the doorman is here, uh, who's locked them all in so that, so that no one can get into the apartment so that he could come up and find out everything that happened. I think it must be really cool to live in an apartment with a doorman. Um, I've, I've watched a few kind of YouTube videos of people that give like New York City apartment tours and stuff because obviously I will never have enough money ever to live there. So I like to live vicariously. And sometimes they talk about or if, you know, an apartment, uh, an apartment complex has got a doorman. Obviously, that's a sign that it's a pretty wealthy one in a, in a wealthy neighborhood. But it just adds that kind of level of comfort and safety that you'd expect Frasier has. But yeah, I mean, Tony the doorman, should we see more of him? I would definitely have liked to have seen a lot more of him. <laughs> I, I really like the idea of just being able to go into, a, you know, the building and just have someone saying, good to see you, Mr. Lee Hickey, or something like that, Mr. Yeah, Kieran. just a little um, familiar kind of nod. I think it's nice to be known, isn't it? Yeah, I'd have really, yeah, it'd be nice, you know? It's nice to have, it's nice to be a usual somewhere or a regular, you know, like when you go to the bar and the, you know, the bartender, the landlord, they know your name, which is, you know, the, the case in the, the Green Man, the local I go to. Or when I go to the barbers, I can just say, I'll have the usual, please. And he knows what I want. Like, I just, that's nice. And it's just like, it's, it, I mean, Frasier, Frasier uh, says this in a later episode when he goes to like another, another coffee house and he's, he orders something and he says, it will be henceforth known as the usual. We always want that kind of level of, of personability with, with business businesses and places we go to i think i mean i'm, I'm extrapolating all of this from one tiny met reference to tony the doorman but like, <laughs> i think it's you know i think the point still stands i really like this scene as well the way marjorie introduces norman and then goes and i uh, i don't know these lot yeah like she just kind of vaguely gestures with her hands so we we have elaine arrives on the elevator and martin quickly hustled into the elevator by fraser and they reconcile the last bullet point i have is about martin's warm toes um before <laughs> Before we play who's credit anyway have you got anything you want to you want to add um what i will say is i really like the way elaine tells fraser to go back into the corner yes yeah you know, she's like who to told you around. you can turn around yeah. <laughs> and also i do love the way kelsey turns around when she, when they talk about uh, martin's warm toes you can just see kelsey looking over his shoulder <laughs> yeah yeah like which is a fantastic little line because obviously he's trying to be romantic and it is sweet and it's the kind of thing you imagine him saying in the privacy of their bedroom and it's like you know they're like children again or like teenagers i should say like you know young and in love kind of thing it's it's a nice little cringy but but nice comment i think that kind of shows that they're still both very young at heart so once martin on. and elaine go back in of course we have this i think it's quite a weird moment between fraser and daphne outside the apartment i mean what did you make of this Just i'm this gonna be honest i genuinely cannot remember the 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 bit you're on about okay so, so what did fill me in again fraser says to daphne about how um, it's ironic that you know his, his 63 year old father with a bum hip is about to have a nice a night of romance whilst the two of them both attractive and eligible and prime in their lives have nothing Dad. to do on a saturday night hmm. and daphne says you know i think the, the answer to our problems could be riding around noses fraser says yes daphne i think it is and then daphne goes okay you go get the washing mach- you go to the washing machines and i'll get the laundry oh yeah, I, so the implication is that Frasier's uh, once again his horniness has come yeah, to I, define him, and that maybe, yeah, maybe something's going to happen between them two. Yeah, I, I kind of got the feeling in this that Frasier was hitting on Daphne a little bit. Um, I think so. I mean, why, I, I, it makes sense because she is like she is young, she is attractive, and they're 
you know, home alone together. But yeah, like, it's interesting to see that Daphne just immediately has no interest in that. Like, her mind goes to cleaning, much to, much, which is just a massive slap in the face to Frasier. But I think an interesting end of the episode, as you say. I mean, do you think, do you think the, the, the writers would have ever considered the possibility of Frasier trying to make a move on Daphne or be interested in Daphne or something like that? Because I just don't think it would ever have worked in any way, shape or form. So hard to imagine it working, knowing what we know, how the whole thing plays out. And I think it was right that it's they ultimately did but i i would almost definitely say that cropped up at some point because one it's just fraser is naturally he's not a womanizer in a malicious sense but he is a womanizer in the in kind of the the, you know, the, the most positive sense that word can have which certainly isn't isn't you know very positive but he, he he likes going on dates he likes dating women he enjoys sleeping with them and it's just yeah like it, it would have have to have crossed their minds at some point thinking you know fraser's a warm-blooded man with this young attractive woman living in his house would he naturally develop some kind of you know sexual feelings for her which i think he would uh, but yeah i just i think i think that did cross their mind it has to it has to cross their mind but i'm glad they as you say i'm glad they didn't go down that route because it just shows a much nicer dynamic between the two where she almost becomes like a big brother uh, he almost becomes like a big brother to daphne um, and i just think you know I, I much prefer that dynamic yeah and i think it really 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 i think messed up the daphne and niles dynamic going forward yeah and, and potentially affected fraser and niles as well if, if you end up with possibly would have been more of a love triangle than god yeah than that would have been they would have just been pure drama no comedy at that point it would have kind yeah. of and i think as the as the show went on that must it must have crossed their minds i think obviously at the beginning when they're figuring out these characters and what they're going to do but as the show went on you know you tend to start running out of ideas i guess and they think oh can we do this can we do that and it just yeah it would have been a, a fatal mistake i think but one that must have been kind of talked about in, in kind of writers groups and stuff i'd be interested to know how early on in the show did they say no these two won't get together yeah like did they kind of know from the start on you know because it's, it's what the second episode where niles meets daphne and they they clearly knew from that point that niles was going to be infatuated with her would they have bothered to you know i mean this is interesting actually david hyper said this in the live stream they did when he first read the script he thought it was awful because he was like, they've just written two identical characters. Fraser and Niles are the same person. How is this ever going to work? And on paper, I can completely get his point. Like, it shouldn't work. They should be completely different, like Martin is. But it ends up being the best part of the show, I think, their relationship. And yeah, maybe they just thought, well, Niles is going to be infatuated with her. We can't have Fraser getting involved as well, because they're already so alike. <laughs> we need to start finding things that differentiate them. Um, maybe that helped in some way, I don't know. Yeah, And I think that's a testament as well to um, to David Hyde Pierce as an actor because when I think of Fraser and Niles in many ways I think they're so different mm. just because all of Niles' little mannerisms and the way he does things and it, a lot of it's the things that are off script and just the way David Hyde Pierce brings the character to life makes yeah. them so different I think and it's just it's such a testament just to the fantastic acting that he and, and the fantastic portrayal of the role yeah yeah just his body language his physical acting as you say the, the stuff that's off script i think ends up kind of yeah defining him and their relationship um, but i think that's a pretty nice way to end our review this week is it in your top 10 key uh no no it's not in my top 10 it's not in my top 10 either but it is a good episode um didn't don't love it as much as i did last week's episode which i think is classic um but i do think it's good are you ready for this week's whose crane is it anyway uh yeah go for it okay the quote this week is what does that mean what does that mean who said it oh. and what were they referencing okay what does that mean um what does that mean i feel maybe something between martin and fraser with one of his foot in mouth comments or something like that okay um i'm miles off i can tell it already from your voice <laughs> i am not giving anything away here kieran Oh, I'm going to say Martin, and I'm going to say it's because Frasier's said something a bit funny mouth, and Martin's responded. You are correct in that it is between those two. However, it's the other way around. Oh. When Martin says, one hand washes the other round here, and then Frasier says, what does that mean? 
And that's when Martin makes his great revelation. So you were very close, Key. You were very close. Um, we're going to run over a little bit this week, I think. I'm just kind of noticing we're, we're running out of time a little bit. But I wanted to kind of go over to the to the Reddit and read a few of the comments and answer some questions that we've had from last week, which I think, which is great. Really happy that you you guys have, have commented. Someone called Gaspard, Gaspard, I mean, a French name. I don't want to butcher it. Um, <laughs> said they were just catching up and they re-listened to episode three. Midway through, we mentioned if there were any proper English pubs in America and believe it or not there are quite a few I'd also like to ask do you guys think the set design of the English pubs they find themselves in throughout the series to be accurate do they capture the series uh, do they capture the atmosphere well and then they signed off either way you folks are rocking it loving it so far so really lovely we really appreciate those comments I kind of I, res- I responded to this comment wise but I think I think the fox and whistle although the name is a little bit parod- parodic it's a parody that I, I don't know a pub of that name although it's clear what they're trying to do i think obviously it needs to be spacious the set does and it needs to be well lit the fox and whistle being the pub i'm thinking of from the episode where every bloke knows your name i should say i just started talking about that with no context but yeah like it's it has to be spacious and well lit because of the fact it's a set but i actually think it does look like a lot of pubs i go to yeah i would say i think they do a good job i'd say the the English pubs look I'd say they're like a nicer version of our pubs yeah I said that the pubs that we go to they're much darker they're much dingier often have a lot of rooms and alcoves the, a lot of wood everywhere the ceilings are really low if you're in an old one that is so yeah obviously for the the, the functionality of a set they have to be bigger but yeah I don't think they do a terrible job at, at making yeah. I think as an Englishman you can um, look at that and you can know what what they're aiming for yeah abso- absolutely the kind of the intention is there we had a few comments about chili lights so uh mischief night put chili lights did have a brief heyday in america around that time i remember my aunt had a set but we never did and i agree with you that based on what we learn later this is way out of character from fraser i think it would be more likely for martin to want them displayed as opposed to fraser which i definitely agree with yeah um, i could have seen it working with martin actually it would have i think worked a lot a lot better yeah i think just it, it, he's into kind of tacky Christmas decorations. So, coffee, our resident trivia master, he said, um, I so relate to some of your traditions. Uh, this is in reference to last week's episode, like unironically watching childhood Christmas specials and playing cards with the men after Christmas dinner. Also, the chili peppers have always struck me as odd for sure. I never remember seeing those growing up, but then I probably, I'd probably be too young to really know. So, yeah, just a few comments there from the Reddit. Great to hear from you all. So, please keep those coming and we'll, we'll make sure we, we try and cover them at the end of every episode even if it does mean us running over to like hour-long episodes which i didn't want to do because it just looks really unappealing to people but if people are enjoying listening to them then you know they're really it doesn't matter how long they are at the end of the day but yeah keys anything you wanted to uh to add to wrap up before we finish no i just want to say thank you to everyone on reddit it's great you know to have that interaction and and uh, yeah really building that sort of dialogue yeah absolutely and we, we've hit like nearly 1200 plays total now i think that includes downloads across the 12 episodes we have up so a great milestone for us i never thought we'd get anywhere near that um so hopefully that just kind of keeps going but averaging about 50 60 downloads i think on podbean and then i don't know if that counts as spotify streams and stuff but um really nice that everyone's kind of tuning in listening and responding to questions next week we look at episode 14 i believe which is can't buy me love which i believe is the one with the um the auction where fraser yeah, goes on the, the date with the the woman who bids on him and then he ends up being kind of a nanny for the night that's a it's a good episode what were you going to say then key sorry i was gonna say yeah he, he goes on a date with the model i think yeah yeah he got, he's um, supposed to go on a date with a model supposed to go on a, on a, on a date with her um so that's a good episode so i'm looking forward to that uh but other than that i've been will i've been key and thank you very much for listening to we're listening Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy And maybe I seem a bit confused Well, maybe But I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled